Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Really more of the same. We've, we've covered nine chapters, and there's kind of a lot of repetition. It's, it's really just a lot of saying kind of the same type, excuse me, t- same type of things over and over in different ways, uh, but he keeps pounding the point home. And you may say, well, we, get, we got it, we got it. Well, maybe we do, but we're going to keep getting it, at least for a couple of more chapters until we, until we finish. But there's always a little wrinkle or a little example or something that's a little different. But, but the core theme of the book up to this point and to the end of the book is, is really kind of the same. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1 is where we will start. So let's pray, and then we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you, and your word is good. And I pray, dear Lord, that your Holy Spirit would speak through me and to each one of us, dear Lord. If you don't speak tonight, then then we won't hear, dear Lord. There's not a good word that I can say apart from you. There is not a good word that we would hear if you don't place it on our heart, dear Lord. So I pray that you just would be with us today, that you would give us a good good service, and that you'd give us a good time in your word. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verse 1. Dead flies make a perfumer's oil ferment and stink, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Now, if you think about perfume, it smells good. Now, you might have a big old vat full of perfume, and it may be a delightful smell, a sweet smell. In flies, while they may be small, they can really cause trouble for the perfumer's oil, it says. They can also cause trouble for aggravation, as we well know. Since Summer Fun Day, we have had, uh, it just seems like a lot of flies in there. We can't kill them. And a little fly can, can, can really aggravate you. A little fly can really ruin a good thing and in this case it's the perfumer's oil and what does it say dead flies as small as they may be as minute as it may seem for a few flies to small to fall into the oil it says they can cause it to stink so a little bad can make a big stink Uh, we talked about that uh, i believe last week in um, chapter nine that one sinner may destroy much good kind of that same idea or we see that same idea in the New Testament. A little yeast leavens the whole bunch. So a little fly causes a big stink. That's an illustration for what point? Well, he says here in the second half of the verse, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Now, we may do a lot of wise things. We may live an honorable and respectful life and do good. But it takes a long time, perhaps, to, 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 to learn that wisdom and to try to live by that wisdom and to do what is good But it does not take much folly to come along in our life and knock us down really quickly. Perhaps you have heard it said it takes a lifetime to build a good reputation and a second to lose it. And that is true. And so we must always be on guard. That's why it's good, I think, for us to read words like these that have a similar message for weeks on end. We've kind of gone over the same idea and woven throughout this, this story about life's a bummer are also these reminders that, hey, be careful not to be the fool because a little foolishness or a little folly can destroy what wisdom has built. And so we must always be on our guard. If we are seeking to do good and we are seeking to live and do what is wise, it does not take much folly in our life or much foolishness in our life 
for what good has been done to be destroyed. And so we need to maybe keep that in mind here. Verse 2, A wise man's heart goes to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. Now, I think when he says right and left here, I think he's just simply saying one is right, so to speak, and one is wrong, so to speak. And so a wise man's heart does what is right, but a fool's heart does what is wrong. Verse 3, Even when the fool walks along the road, his heart lacks sense, and he shows everyone he is a fool. So sometimes we get, we, get, we get off the straight and narrow, so to speak. Jesus talks about uh, we, we got to stay on this straight and narrow road. And sometimes as we sin, we get off of the, of the right path and we get off in the weeds, so to speak. But perhaps there are occasions where we're walking pretty close to the right path or we're, we're on the right road, but even still, even being on the right road, perhaps there are occasions in which we become Foolish, And what does it say? Even if a person appears to be walking along the road here, the fool, what does it say about him? His heart lacks sense. Now, that's a pretty scary verse to think about. I think about that verse, and I think, are there ever times in my life that my heart lacks sense? And if I'm honest with myself, perhaps I have to answer yes to that more often than I would like to admit. Are there ever times in our lives that our hearts lack sense when perhaps by appearances it looks as though we're walking along the road we're walking along the right path but in all actuality looks can be deceiving because sometimes even being in the right right place so to speak does not mean that you're in the right place in your heart and what does the writer here call that he calls that person a fool and what does he say and he the fool shows everyone he is a fool. Now that's another another good verse to consider. Do we show people that we are fools? Perhaps there are times that we think we are wise when in all actuality we are quite foolish. And perhaps sometimes God has to get our attention and remind us of that. Maybe through passages like these or maybe through our own actions or maybe being humbled in some way. But perhaps passages like these are good for us to consider. Maybe it's easy for us to walk over and say, oh, yeah, this is the wise person and I'm pretty wise and I'm not the fool. And maybe we're not. Maybe we're not living in foolishness. But then again, maybe we are. Maybe we skip over those things because we are like the sinner in the New Testament or the Pharisee in the New Testament that said, oh, thank you, God, that I'm not like this sinner. And we may pass over verses such as these and say, oh, I'm glad I'm not a fool. Well, hold up. Maybe you are or maybe you're not, but it's good for us to reflect on things, even things that we perhaps don't feel that we are guilty of, and test ourselves. And Lord willing, we will pass the test. But sometimes we fail the test, and those are hard times, but they're good times. Because when we realize we fail the test, perhaps we understand that we need to study a little more. We need to study the Word of God, and we need to seek by the Word of God a little more than we have been doing. As the old saying, perhaps you have heard it, goes, I can uh, keep my mouth shut and people may think I'm a fool, or I can open my mouth and they will know for sure. And so perhaps there are times that our foolishness is shown, as this fool has talked about, simply because we open our mouth and our foolishness. So perhaps we need to think twice, maybe even three times for good measure, before we open our mouth and allow everyone to see 
our foolishness. Verse 4, If the ruler's anger rises against you, don't leave your place, for calmness puts great offense to rest. Now, perhaps in your foolishness, you have done something that has caused the anger of someone. In this case, the ruler's anger to rise against you. But what does he say to do here? Does he say to run and leave? He says the opposite. He says, don't leave your place, but remain calm. Now, this is something that perhaps is easier for some than others. But perhaps when we are caught in our foolishness, we are tempted to be defensive and we are tempted to perhaps just give up or to leave or to flee or perhaps we want to fight back in some way. But what does it say here? Here it appears that this fool is caught in some type of foolishness which has brought the ruler's anger against him and the instruction here is to remain calm for calmness puts great offenses to rest. So sometimes you need to be the level head. Sometimes you simply need to acknowledge your foolishness. Sometimes you just need to know, I've been foolish in this way, and I just need to keep my mouth shut, and I just need to remain calm. And that's good instruction for us. Perhaps we all need to hear that and be reminded of that often. Perhaps some of us, maybe not as much as others, but it is hard sometimes to remain calm regardless of whether it's something going on as a result of our foolishness or something that, that we really have, haven't done anything that's brought the situation on, but yet we find ourselves in some bad situation, sometimes it is hard for us to remain calm. But there is wisdom here in this passage because calmness puts great offenses to rest. And so if there's ever a conflict, if there's ever a trouble, whatever has brought that trouble about, maybe our foolishness, Perhaps we are the one that needs to remain calm. Perhaps we have not done wrong at all. Perhaps it is someone else or others around us in which we find ourselves in a bit of a conflict. Well, even if they have done us wrong, perhaps it is us that need to remain calm. So we need to consider these few short verses today and realize that foolishness is not a good thing. And perhaps sometimes foolishness can sneak up on us. Maybe that's not something that we guard against very often. We, we have big sins, if we can label them that, things that we know are really bad, things that we're aware of, things that we're on guard for, things that we try to say, okay, I want to make sure I don't do that. But maybe foolishness is not one of those that's at the top of our radar. Maybe we try to get by with a little bit of foolishness. Maybe we could all say that the little bit of foolishness we've let go in the past has turned into great problems. And that's exactly what the writer of Ecclesiastes says here. A little folly, a little foolishness causes great trouble. And so what is, the, what is the cure for foolishness? It is wisdom. And so we want to be those who seek wisdom. And the best place that we can start is in the Word of God. Because when we start in the Word of God, we find wisdom. Wisdom that is in God. And God's Word always points us to God. It always points us to Jesus Christ and that is our source of wisdom in the midst of our foolishness. So if we come here tonight and there is foolishness in our heart, then let us seek God's wisdom. If you come here today and you're doing good and there is not much foolishness in your life, then praise God, but watch out because those foolish decisions and temptations to be foolish are right around the corner. Let's pray. 
Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your good word. And I pray, God, that you would just forgive me, dear Lord, even as I stand here and read these words. I am fully aware that, God, I am guilty. And so I pray, God, that you would forgive my foolishness and help me to, to be wiser, dear Lord, in my actions and my responses and the way that I live my life. I pray, God, that if there are others tonight that have found themselves caught in foolishness or perhaps will find themselves caught in it in the future, that you would that you would let these words come to our hearts, God, that we would recall them, that you would help us, dear Lord. It is a struggle. God, foolishness is a struggle. We, we are always tempted in ways that, that we could just assume act a fool as we couldn't, but... God, maybe too many times, more times than not, maybe we, we do act a fool. So help us to be those who have discernment and have the ability and the strength that comes from you alone to keep our mouths closed, to not, not be foolish in our actions. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.